And how are you doing this Monday, uh, the 25th of October 2021? Hope you had a terrific weekend. Thanks for finding your BBG again. With you till 7 o'clock, taking your phone calls today after the news roundup. Should be an interesting programme. Thanks again for joining me. It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yes, it's your call. I think it's overdue, in fact. I think it's very overdue to be taking your calls. Sometime in about 35, 40 minutes' time, I will open Skype and I will open the phone line and you will ring me. If you did so recently, please do not do today. If you've never called me, please call me. I'm a nice guy. I'll I'll listen to you. I I won't give you any stick at all. We'll just have a nice conversation about what's been going on. Lots of people uh, undoubtedly will try to get through. I will take as many calls as I possibly can. Monday's programme then, with me, your BBG. I suppose it would be silly of me not to give you the contact details for the phone-in show. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Yeah, but don't talk to me now. Talk to me in about 40 minutes after I play the brand new single from Daniel O'Donnell. What's that? There's nobody listening now. Yes, Daniel has got a new single out. He's got a new album out called 60, and it's shot straight into the UK album charts, I think at number four or number five. So there'll be a bit of Daniel for the crack while I link to the phone calls, if you don't mind too much. You don't get a say in it, really. I'm just going to do it anyway, as is my want, as is my want. What did I do at the weekend? Well, I chilled. I didn't do very much, really. There wasn't any football on the telly yesterday, so I was at a loss as to what to do. Normally, normally on a Sunday, I'd be sitting down watching Manchester United, but uh, they weren't on yesterday, so I don't know what was going on there. There was no game, so I worked on the programme. Yeah. Okay. Every day on the news, every other story is about inclusivity. It's a joy to behold. It wasn't an epiphany today. I It's something that I notice pretty much regularly all the time. I notice it and I kind of file it away. Every other story, every other day on the news is about inclusivity or some community that needs attention because they're not getting enough attention. Capiche? You know what I mean? It's a funny thing. I'd like you to do that tomorrow as a little... I've never set you homework. I've never done that to you, but I'm giving you homework tomorrow or or Wednesday. Listen to any channel, news channel, it doesn't matter whether it's the United States or here. Although it's probably not as bad in the US yet. Probably better to listen to the UK channels. Every second story is about inclusivity or some community that needs attention because it ain't getting enough attention. You know what I mean? Today, for example, story about climate change, inclusivity. We need to include sub-Saharan Africa because our CO2 emissions will burn the little black babies to death in sub-Saharan Africa. 
honestly, then move to a story about Maro Itoje. Who is Maro Itoje? Well, he's an England rugby player. He wants to see more diversity in rugby union in order to tackle racism. I swear to God, this is the BBC. The next story was Gabby Logan. Now, Gabby is a sports presenter. She's good. She is a good presenter. She is the daughter, or daughter even, of Terry Yorris. Terry used to play foosball for Leeds. Gabby came on the telly today to talk about perimenopause because 50% of the population are scared to speak up about it. Those were her words. We need to be more inclusive about talking about the perimenopause. This is just today. Nobody, of course, said, well, Marrow, there are rugby clubs all over the country. The only barrier to entry for children of colour is the children of colour themselves, maybe. Maybe they don't like rugby. Not all children of colour, Marrow, because you're a man of colour and you somehow managed to become an England rugby international. Maybe some black and Asian children just don't get off so much on the rugby. As for the perimenopause, I couldn't give a fiddler's. Firstly, why am I listening to it? And secondly, what can I bring to the discussion? So you don't need to include me or anybody else in the in the perimenopause chat. I mean, the menopause is a fact of life, right? Right, what happened to act accordingly? What happened to that? What happened to keep calm and carry on, dear? What happened to that? Then there was a Swansea Labour MP. This is BBC Radio 5 today. She came on. Her name is Carolyn Harris. She wants HRT prescriptions to be free for women. Why? Well, so that women are not left behind. Yes, free HRT scripts for the ladies. Why? To be more inclusive. So that the women don't have to take so much time off of work. What did women do in the 19th century when hot flushes arrived? What did they do? They shut up and got on with it, didn't they? Didn't they? Or did they not shut up and get on with it? Feel free to educate me. Because as usual, I'm probably talking through my sphincter. He is speaking through his sphincter. It's a stupid human trick. I opine about a lot of things I know nothing about, but that is the way of it, isn't it? Anywho, and a Wonder Woman bingo game. Did you know there was such a thing as a Wonder Woman bingo game? Is being ditched by Oxfam because trans and non-binary people are not happy about it. It doesn't include them or something like that. Some bloke said on a BBC station recently that the travel and airline industries need to employ more trans people for diversity, more trans people in travel and in the airline business, more trans pilots maybe, more trans pilots. Why not? Your captain is a chick with a dick called Mandy. Mandy will be taking you down to Magaluf today. First officer is Paul. Paul has no pronouns whatsoever. Enjoy the flight, ladies and gentlemen. How do you like your tyranny, dear listener? Well, Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, she likes to lay the tyranny on fairly thick. She's a bit of a bastard, isn't she? She was asked a question by a reporter for the New Zealand Herald yesterday. Listen to the question. Listen to Jacinda's answer. So you basically see it. This is going to be like, well, it's almost like, uh, you probably don't see it like this, the two different classes of people. If you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated... That is what it is. So, yep. Yep. Can you describe, as you were previously hoping not to be able to, not to have to do that, I guess, when we still look mm. like we could maintain elimination across the whole country. I guess that has now changed because... I think it was less, less because necessarily of the elimination determining that and more because we, of course, 
maintained, and actually we have managed very high vaccination rates generally without the use of certificates. But actually what it's become clear to me is that they're not just a tool to drive up vaccines, they're a tool for confidence. People who have been vaccinated will want to know that they're around other vaccinated people. Uh, they'll want to know that they're in a safe environment. It is a way that we can give confidence to those who are going back into hospitality or events. Uh, and so that is something that I think we should offer to people who have been vaccinated, that confidence that we're doing everything we can to keep them safe and that they can come back out and start enjoying those things safely. You can have your life back if you have the jab. Somebody should tell her it's vaccinated, not vaccinated. Did you catch the first bit of that? So you basically said this is going to be like, well, it's almost like uh, you probably don't see it like this, the two different classes of people. If you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated... That is what it is. So, yep. That is what it is. So, yep, yep, yep. You probably don't see it like this. Well, of course she sees it like this. Yeah, her skin is pulled so tightly on her face, she looks like a walking ski mask, doesn't she? Jacinda Ardern, or an extra from a horror film. That's the level today. Personal insults about somebody's appearance, that's the level. It is a Monday, though, you'll have to bear with me. I'm straining every sinew to keep a smile on my face. It's Monday. I wish there was football yesterday. If I'd have enjoyed a game of football, maybe I'd be in better form today. But there was no football yesterday. Anyway, there's tyranny everywhere today. Okie doke. Here's Sajid Javid, the Health Secretary, speaking to Sky News' Kay Burley. He's considering mandating the jab for NHS workers. Goodbye, Sajid. We are considering it, and we've been very open about it. And I think... You, this is what you're referring to. I think there's the requirement in the care system at the moment the that you are. That's right. That you are vaccinated, and 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 the vast vast majority of people I speak to in the care sector, that's exactly what they want because they know that's it's not just good for them, but most importantly, it's important for the people that they're looking after. You know, so well in the NHS, uh, we are thinking of doing the same thing. We've been very clear about this. There was a consultation. On this, it's just closed the public consultation. We've yet to make a final decision, but look, I, I, Are you I, leading I've, towards? Yeah, I am leading towards doing it. I've been, okay. I'm being quite open about that. I've been when? clear about that in Parliament. Well, I, I can't set that out yet because a consultation has just closed, and, and if we do this, we want to do it properly. We want to work with our friends in the NHS and, and get this right. But it's worth just stepping back a bit and thinking, why is this important? It's because. The people, first of all, those fantastic people working in the NHS, they are naturally more vulnerable to, to being exposed to diseases and viruses, and of course that includes COVID, but also the people that they're looking after so well are, are naturally vulnerable. That's why they're in hospital, and it's about giving them the protection they deserve too. But can you afford to do it, given that there is 100,000 vacancies already and we're talking about 106,000 more? I, I think that if you keep in mind... That was very close to... A legitimate journalistic intervention by Kay Birdie. They're very close. Keep in mind the, the, the more than a million people that work in the NHS. Uh, the, I think the NHS, uh, so far, it's over, I think, 94, 93% thereabouts that are uh, vaccinated people that work in the NHS. And so there is around 100,000 that are not at this point. But what we saw with the care sector is that when we announced the policy and then we set it in law, November the 11th is the, is the sort of cutoff date, then we saw many more people come forward and do the right thing and get vaccinated. And that's what I hope that if we do the same thing with the NHS, we'll, we will see. Yeah. 
Sajid Java there. I can't help, when I look at him on television, I can't help fantasizing about taking a gigantic tablespoon and whacking him right on the top of the head with it to see if yolk pours out. He's got that sort of a skull. But then, might be pot kettle, I don't know, it might be. They moved on, the the ginger ninja and the health secretary, to talk about so-called anti-vaxxer protests outside of schools. Kay Burley made made a statement. What was it now off the top of my egghead? Burley said that three children were injured. I don't know how this is possible, but Burley, if, if, if Kay says it, it must be true. She said that three children were injured recently as a result of anti-vaxxers protesting outside of schools. Here's Burley again with Sajid Javid. I mean, these people are doing so much damage. I mean, first of all, as you say, here you have three children that are injured. I mean, actually physically injured, and 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 that's that's heartbreaking to see that your children that are going about what they should be doing, going to school every day, and you've got these frankly these idiots outside their school uh, just spreading your vicious lies. And what vicious lies, though, are they spreading? I wonder. He said that you've got children who just want to go to school. But you've got protesters who just want the children to go to school without teachers and head teachers throwing syringes at them. That's all they want. Let them go to school. Look at them. Let them roll around in the mud there and, and do all the things that children do. Just stop trying to inject them with stuff they don't need. That's what I understood the protesters to be doing. Maybe I'm wrong. It, it, is, it, is, it is a problem. And I, I've got to say it's become a growing problem as time has gone by. I'm going to fix it. It's, Labour I, is I suggesting wish... an exclusion zone. <laughs> exclusion zone. There, there, are, there are options, and uh, in <gasps> terms of whether it's an exclusion zone or other potential uh, action, I think it's going to be done at a local level with what local police. I think it, it's, it's, it's what makes sense for that school and that local area. And as you would expect, local police have been, you know, throughout the country, have been fantastic in working with the schools. The, the Home Office has taken this rightly very seriously as well. And they've been helping with, with, with the advice to schools as well. We have a unit in the Home Office that will give advice directly to head teachers about what they can do. And I think, though, there's only so much that can be done at the end of the day. You will still have people, for example, that are sending you know, completely fake letters uh, to parents. You know, fake letters? What does a fake letter look like? They, they will be posting letters uh, through parents' doors. You're completely fake uh, with, with really... Um, the, Those are not even letters. Is that what he's saying? Uh, 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 advice, what are they, menus? Advice that is uh, just based on lies. and, and they've got, Lies? Of course, Barty doesn't say, what lies? What are the claims being made on these letters? It's a wonderful little dance between Burley and Javid. I've talked about this many times before. I'd love to be able to grab some some broadcasts from RTE Radio. Back in the day, Gay Byrne, Jerry Ryan, even WLR, some of the stuff I produced back in the late 90s, when presenters would interject all the time. Sorry there, hang on. What are they claiming on these letters, Health Secretary? Of course, in reality, he couldn't possibly answer that question because that opens up a whole can of worms then, doesn't it? Yeah. got to understand that if they don't want the vaccine themselves, at the end of the day, that's their choice. No one's going to force them. I think it's... Lying bastard, huh? If you don't want to jab yourself, don't worry, sure, nobody's going to try and force you. And, and they've got to understand that if they don't want the vaccine themselves, at the end of the day... That's their choice. No one, you lying little turd. No one's going to force them. I think it's a, it's a bad decision to make, but that's their choice. Fucking great decision. I feel absolutely great about it. 
a year after the jabs are introduced, I've not had one. I feel fine. But they shouldn't really uh, be passing on this kind of false, uh, vicious lies to... Which lies? ...ordinary people, especially parents that are trying to do their very best to look after their children. And your message to those anti-vaxxers that injure children? <laughs> is, well, if, <laughs> if you've injured children, I mean, that, that is a criminal act, and, uh, and I hope that in that case the police are able to track those people down. But my message to anti-vaxxers, if it's not for you, then fine, just stay at home, but leave others alone. Leave others alone. I'll tell you what, I'll meet you halfway, Sajid. You egg-headed bastard, you goon. I'll meet you halfway, how about that? I agree with you. I'm, I, I haven't, I haven't spoken a word to somebody who is considering to have a jab or who has had a jab. I've minded my own business. I'll meet you halfway. I agree with you. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful way to live. If you want to get jabbed with that stuff, you go ahead and have it. I'll be happy to leave you alone, so long as you reciprocate. you understand what reciprocate means, Sajid, or do you need a dictionary? So long as you abide by, by that, so long as you say, OK, fair enough, I will leave you alone, and I won't attempt to coerce you, I won't threaten your job or your liberty if you don't have a jab. Oh, God. Open goals there for Burley. But anyway, hey, listen, a few minutes later, Sajid Javid was on BBC Breakfast and he got around to talking about Christmas. Christmas nullig. For all of those people like me that, that are, are hoping and planning for a normal Christmas, which I do, by the way, I think that's where we'll, we'll be. Okay, we'll have a normal Christmas. I think, I think we'll have a normal Christmas. So Christmas. would, would you agree that, with the Prime Minister? Just keep playing. Listen to this dipstick, Dan Walker. This inveterate, useless Muppet who presents for BBC Breakfast. Listen. In our part. Would you agree with the Prime Minister it's going to be a better Christmas than last year? Wow. Would you agree with the Prime Minister that it'll be a better Christmas than last year? Not, who the hell are you to tell us what we can do and what we can't do at Christmas? Anyway. Yes, of course. Oh, thank God for that. Sajid Javid says we can have a nice Christmas. Good job. Lovely. What a... Dan Walker. Don't get me started. Back to mandating the jobs for the NHS workers. Kate Green is the Shadow Education Secretary. She was also on Sky News with the Ginger Ninja. Mandation, Kate, Kate, should we mandate the jobs for NHS workers? You talked about the NHS there. I was putting it to the um, Health Secretary a few moments ago about whether, uh, if you've not been double-jabbed, whether you should be able to be a frontline worker on the NHS. And he said he's leaning towards no. Mm. Um, and he will be looking at that over the next few weeks, not months, but weeks. Mm. What's Labour's view? Well, we don't think that compulsory jabs of NHS or care workers should be necessary or introduced. And if you look at, for example, the the situation in Wales, they're doing well with a persuasive and encouragement model uh, that actually gives access to the vaccine very straightforwardly to those workers. What we saw in the care sector when the requirement for care staff to be jabbed came in a few weeks ago was that the sector came under great pressure. A staff left, wouldn't have the jab, and that sector and indeed the NHS are already suffering severe staffing pressures. So I think there is a real downside to the compulsory vaccination route in that it risks driving much-needed care and health workers out of jobs when we, we desperately need them to be on the wards and in the care homes. Yeah. Good girl, Kate. Good girl. Well said. There are tens of thousands of vacancies in the care sector. This is terrible. The knock-on effect is disastrous. Can you imagine, Kay Burley, what would happen if we mandated for NHS workers? But Burley has a, well, she has, she has a spanner. 
She has a spanner for the works. She has a hypothetical situation. In the care yeah, but it's a difficult balance, Kay, and I, I, I'm, I understand that the health secretary is going to look at it, but I just caution him to be very careful of unintended consequences. Now, here's Burley's hypothetical. Yeah, but, you know, if, it, if you had a loved one who was poorly and they were being treated by a frontline health worker who hadn't been vaccinated and gave them COVID and they died, <laughs> you'd have a very different view. Ah, I still love her, you know, I love her. It's wonderful. If you had a loved one in hospital or in a care home and and they were treated by somebody who hadn't had a vaccine and that person gave them COVID and they died, and they died, how would you feel? Wait till you hear the answer from Kate Green, be Jesus. Okay, that's exactly what did happen in my family. What? It happened in your family? Okay, that's exactly what did happen in my family. I'm so sorry. And um, it... It's a very, very difficult thing for many families who've, who've been through that. What? Uh, How many families have been through that? That your loved one died because they were treated by an unvaccinated person? And Tell me what happened. I'm so, that's what happened. I'm so sorry. So, I had no so, idea. So my mum died in a care home. And right. We, we think that the infection came in via care staff. It was before there was a vaccination programme. In- <laughs> it was before there was a vaccination programme. What the fuck is your point then? No way do I blame the care staff. But you just but, did blame the care staff. That's exactly what happened to me, Kay. Okay, that's exactly what did happen in my family. But it didn't, it didn't. You said there was no vaccine available at the time. And how do you even know that your mother was given COVID by an unvaccinated... Well, obviously, she was given COVID by somebody. Oh God, it's confusing me now. It's so bad, it's, 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 it's almost funny. It is funny. Oh yeah, and? But... I think that the fact that many of us have agonising personal stories shouldn't blind us to what is good or bad, effective or ineffective policy. Well done, well done. She said, despite the fact that my mother died in a care home because somebody gave her COVID, because somebody killed her, we shouldn't mandate the jabs because it's wrong. Now, that might give some hope to NHS workers the length and breadth of the UK because, obviously, if the Labour Party's position is not to support the mandating of the jabs for the NHS workers, it won't happen. You might not be aware. Javid would have to get this through the Commons. He isn't in a position to mandate the jabs for the NHS workers. It must go through the Commons. This He won't be able to, to do this using the emergency powers in the Coronavirus Act. This will require a vote, right? If the Labour Party is against the, the Conservative government, the Tories will lose because there's about 50 backbenchers, 50 Conservatives, maybe a little bit less, maybe, but enough. And then you factor in the 11 or 12 Lib Dem MPs, Johnson and Javid will not win. So that might give you some hope if you are an NHS worker and you have not had the jab because you don't think you need it, which you don't need it. The evidence tells us the jabs are absolutely shit. They really are shit. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, 23 minutes past the hour. I'll be taking your calls in about 20 minutes' time. Before then, it's time for a tune. But it's not Daniel O'Donnell, not just yet. Don't panic. Don't panic. It's John Cougar Mellencamp on The Richie Allen Show, live from Salford, BBG Towers. Uh, the... I'm not going to tell you the time again. I nearly did. I'll read your comments when I come back. Thanks for them. John Cougar Mellencamp heard so good on your Richie Allen radio show 25 and a half minutes past the hour Monday's programme 
October 25th, just in case you didn't know that, Rob on my interweb says if it came down to a vote in the Commons, the usual bribes and payoffs will be used to get it through. These psychopaths won't stop at the illusion of democracy. Thanks, Rob. Stephen Hardy says, I wonder how concerned Rabid Javid will be about the possible high numbers of children being injured by the experimental jabs. Very good, Stephen. Very good. Faisal says, is the Labour Party opposition actually going to start opposing draconian policies from the government? What is next? Democracy? Asks Faisal, tongue firmly in cheek there, I reckon. Ida Patrick says it's too surreal. I wonder what normie parents would have to say if they ever got to see the ingredients of the jabs like some of us have. Maybe it wouldn't make any difference as their brainwashing is too far ingrained, says Patrick. Hi to Linda, who says, turning bullshit backflips by the dozen. What an absolute joke. I presume she is referring to Javid there. Hi to Jane Edmonds. How you doing, Jane? Uh, oh, you've written another comment somewhere else, have you? Yes. Oh, yeah, Javid says, if you injure a child, that's a crime. Many of us will not forget this or that. Hope he is prepared to stand up and be counted when children are injured for an injection that has not even completed stage three trials, says Jane. Thanks, Jane. Uh, I agree with that. Hi to Peter, who says, this talk between Burley and Javid is an example of propaganda. That's why we must consider your show not alternative news, Richie. Let me address your news outlet as news media. Hardly anything else we could consider journalism, he says. Uh, that's Peter. Thank you, Peter. And he says, if you injure children, then that is criminal. Keep that confirmation in mind as we go forward with the children's jabs, he says. Absolutely. I to Darren, who's talking about cancel culture. Apparently, John Lydon's talk tour in Glasgow tonight has been banned or has been stopped from going ahead. Is that right, Darren? Uh, looking forward to hearing what Leiden will say about it. I'll have to look that up if I get a moment during the programme today. I don't doubt you, Darren, but I'd like to see the news story. John Leiden, lead singer of the Sex Pistols, of course. Darren says his his talk has been basically stopped. It's been halted in Glasgow. I'd like to know more about that. Uh, hi to Chris Morell, to Caroline Feely, and Christine Walsh was in touch. How you doing, Christine? Richie, my poor mum suffered hot flushes until she was in her 60s. Her doctor said he could put her in the Guinness Book of Records. Unfortunately, I am following in her footsteps. I was on HRT. I took myself off it 18 months ago, and I've never felt better. They are not the panacea some women think they are. It's like all medication you get. Uh, you get it, but doctors never check you. So just keep taking the tablets. It is crazy, says Christine. That's a good good point. And that was the basis of a story in The Telegraph recently, wasn't it, Christine? There were a number of doctors in this country expressing their concern that people are left on repeat prescriptions for long periods of time, sometimes years, without the GP checking if they still need to be on said medication. Good comment that. RichieAllen.co.uk, my website. Comment live at the top of the page. I love reading your comments. I really do. Now, wear the masks, trigger plan B. That's uh, That was parroted today by many. Let's bring in the Vax passports. Let's wear the masks. Let's trigger plan B. Which doctor's talking on the radio? 
the media talking uh, like this. Please, please, please bring back in the the measures. Listen to a guy called Robin Shattock. He shat something, that's for sure. He's the COVID-19 vaccine lead at Imperial College London. Here he is being interviewed by Sky News presenter Sarah Hewson. Those kind of measures being mask wearing, for example, social distancing, and working from home has been suggested by SAGE as being the most effective measure, hasn't it? Absolutely. All of those things will have a dramatic impact. And, you know, whether a plan B is put in place and what a plan B might look like, people could be doing those things right now. And and actually, I think, you know, a a due uh, care for, you know, other people means that you should be wearing a mask in a crowded place. In fact, if you're not wearing a mask, it really says, I, I, I don't care about the NHS or other people. And I think people have lost that sense of they're doing these things to stop other people becoming infected and preventing more serious lockdowns having to be put in place later in the year. Yes, Shatok says that by not wearing a mask, you are stating that you don't care about the NHS or that you don't care about people. It must be one of those two things. It couldn't be because masks are garbage and dangerous to the to the wearer and and don't stop squat couldn't be that what an arse speaking of arses here's one here's a hefty arse for you james o'brien lbc radio he answered the phone today to a man who works in the nhs the gentleman works in maintenance he's a maintenance man this gentleman is not happy about mandating the jabs listen to this exchange carefully kind of sums up where we are. Nobody ever, uh, as far as I'm aware, and certainly not in the last six months, has claimed that it is 100% effective. Like I understand a, that. Well, hang on. So the, the, the vaccinated people are much, much, much less likely, A, to catch it, and B, to pass it on if they end but up majority, catching it. So, no, don't, stop, please, stop. Because this argument is so irresponsible, especially for a healthcare worker. You don't understand no, why no, vaccines... I'm, I'm not saying they... What I'm trying to say is that it should still be a person's choice. What no, they of course, but the reasons you're giving for your position are important to examine, Jermaine. It's the least I can do is respect the reasons that you give. And, and, and yeah. so far, the reasons you've given are silly. Because the, the idea that because it's not 100% perfect... So you wouldn't wear a seatbelt because people wearing seatbelts seatbelts still get killed well, in cars. No, that's not the only reason. The thing is, it's not 100%. Right, give me some perfect. more reasons, then. It, give him some more reasons, Jermaine. It was granted under emergency Oh, here we go. Right? No, you see... Now you're saying... Uh, okay, now you're so where... Boosters where, as well, right? Where, where, so where, yes, gonna, again... Where does it stop? Will you have to have boosters as a mandatory? And if the, okay, if the so staff at again, again, Jermaine, it, why not everyone? Again... Well, I, I can see that. I, I, I like the idea, if every MP had to have it, would you feel more relaxed? Yeah, what a lying bastard James O'Brien is. I love... They used to do a show, Channel 5 used to do celebrity boxing. They used to get two... They're usually Z-list celebrities. Now, I know I'm not a celebrity. I'm not that ridiculous. I, I don't have any, you know, misconceptions about my place in the world. I'm obviously not a celebrity. I'm not even Z-list... I'd love if they brought that. I'd love to fight James O'Brien. And I'm not somebody who endorses or participates in violence, but I would love to get a hold of James O'Brien. But legitimately, in a situation like that, where I couldn't be arrested at the end of it. What a lying bastard. The vaccines were given emergency use authorization. They were. And I will explain it for James O'Brien, because there's a chance he'll be listening to this. Uh, There's an acknowledgement by the Medicines and Healthcare Regulatory Authority. That's the MHRA. Emergency use 
use authorization is an acknowledgement by the MHRA and the government, by the way, that the jabs are still in clinical trials. There is no long-term safety data, but the benefits outweigh the risks. That's what they say. Emergency use. O'Brien is a dirtbag. He's not fit for purpose. So he quickly moved away from emergency use authorization uh, to talk about mandating it for MPs. But it does come back in the conversation. I don't think anybody should be forced to do anything they don't want to do. I think it should be a freedom of choice. But it, Absolutely. But we are forced to do things we don't want to do every day, aren't we? We're, we're, we're forced not to... We're not allowed to drink and drive. We're not allowed to drive without safety belts. We're not allowed to play chicken in the middle of the M40. We're not allowed to drink... We're not allowed to give our children bleach to drink. I mean, there's... Jesus. I mean, there's millions of things we're not allowed to do. If you start giving people medicines under emergency powers all the time, before you know every five minutes they could just be saying... The, 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 nothing is happening under emergency powers. The, 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 well, initially, the, that's how it was released. No, no, the, no again, this, these are just sort of, forgive me, mate, these are phrases that you've heard and you haven't... Can I? No, these are phrases that you've heard. You know, if Ofcom was fit for purpose, LBC Radio would be fined there. That's twice now O'Brien has told a gentleman who is a maintenance worker in the NHS that he's talking bollocks when he brings up emergency use authorization. This is the guy who portrays himself as an intellectual, James O'Brien. He isn't an intellectual. He hasn't got a brain. He hasn't got two brain cells to rub together. This idiot went to the London School of Economics. He's a shill. He's not a journalist either. He's a nothing really. He's a wealthy Londoner, married to a child psychologist. He is a gatekeeper and nothing more. Talentless. If I ran a radio station tomorrow and everything was fine, we weren't living in this dystopia. O'Brien wouldn't be sweeping the floors. He's so bad. Where's Ofcom here? That's fucking twice he said that the guy is talking through his arse when he brings up emergency use authorization. Twice. So then he asks him, what does he do in the NHS? Can I ask what you do in the NHS? I'm just a maintenance guy. I'm not a doctor. Okay, but you, you could speak to some doctors, couldn't you? Yeah, and those doctors would tell him that the jabs are being used under emergency use authorization, still in clinical trials, and there is no long-term safety data available. O'Brien. Anyway, are you going to listen to some doctors? His answer is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, Why I don't you just do that? I have, and I tell you what, yeah, at the beginning it was very scary because some doctors was like, don't take the AstraZeneca, it's causing blood clots in, in yeah, people with ethnic minorities. Oh my God, what did O'Brien just say there? Jermaine says, I have spoken to some doctors because he works in a hospital and they warned him off the AstraZeneca jab because of the blood clot problem. At the beginning it was very scary because some doctors was like, don't take the AstraZeneca, it's causing blood clots in, in yeah, people with were, ethnic minorities. But they weren't. Were they, says O'Brien. How's he still in a job? They were. And are causing blood clots in some people. Were and are. And fair balls, fair bones, fair dues to the doctors who told the maintenance man, listen, if, you're, if you have to get one of these jobs, don't get the AZ job. What would you do with James O'Brien, eh? Take the Pfizer. Duh, duh, duh. That they told him to take the Pfizer. Caused a lot of apprehension. It wasn't just the internet. People were getting these rumours from doctors. You know, they I mean? were getting these rumours from doctors. Jermaine is brilliant. I mean, no, but they, they, but they weren't, Jermaine. There, there weren't any doctors in your hospital telling you not to take the not AstraZeneca. There weren't any doctors in your hospital 
not telling telling you not to take the AstraZeneca vaccine. How does he know that? No, I mean, well, but they, they, but they weren't, the Jermaine. There, there, there weren't any doctors in your hospital telling you not to take the not AstraZeneca the vaccine. There were doctors which were scared somewhat. No, they were not, though. You see, you're, you're making it sound as if you had this conversation at work and you didn't. I didn't? No. Are you sure? Yes. How do you know? How does he know? Gaslighting. That's about the best I've ever heard, actually. I'd send a medal to O'Brien if I thought he'd actually receive it. That's about the best example of gaslighting I've ever heard. And full-on, shameless, balls-naked lying to your audience about emergency use authorization and blood clots caused by the AstraZeneca jab. Wow. It's at 22 minutes to the top of the air. Two more bits of news to get through. Then I will be taking your calls. Listen to the jingle, listen to the jingle. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Yes, all the details are on the website. They're on the website, richieallen.co.uk. Gene Ann tells me that O'Brien is a creep. A creep is the least of what James O'Brien is. That's the very least of what he is. He, he's a gatekeeper. He is an enemy of the people of this country and beyond. I wouldn't see a hair on his head harmed unless they brought back celebrity boxing and I could get into the ring with him and knock the living shit out of him. But then, do you know what? After that, I'd be empty. Well, what difference does it make? It's like playing whack-a-mole, isn't it? You smack O'Brien and you knock him down. There's a thousand more of them in the media lying through their collective teeth to their listeners about emergency use authorization and oh the jabs are safe, they're absolutely safe. Sure like it's it's like it's like wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. Hey listen, COP twenty six this Sunday, Glasgow, it's where the world's most powerful countries come together to sort out climate change. Uh, we, Jimmy Cranky, was talking ahead of COP26, which starts on Sunday, as I just said. Do you want to hear the wee bairn, the wee hen? You want to hear her? Here's Sturgeon today. That's just bollocks, but anyway. It must secure commitments to emission reductions that are capable of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees. At the very least, it must achieve near-term commitments that keep that objective well and truly alive in the longer term. The recent report of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change couldn't have been clearer about the necessity of this. Compared to pre-industrial times, global temperatures have already risen by more than one degree on average. The impacts of this are no longer distant or theoretical. They are being experienced by many people across the world right now. Just this, right now. Just this year, wildfires in Greece. Wildfires. Massive flooding in Nigeria and Uganda. A food crisis in Madagascar. And of course, we won't escape the impacts here in our own country. Of course, and this is an important point I think we all need to recognise, limiting warming to 1.5 degrees won't prevent all of the impacts of climate change. It's probably already too late to do that. But every fraction of a degree above that intensifies the catastrophic nature of what we face. If we allow that to happen, we do risk life on this planet 
becoming unrecognisable. Well, that isn't true, of course. That's a lie. If we don't, if we don't prevent a the, the rising of one and a half degrees, a mean rise, an average rise around the globe of 1.5 degrees, life will be unrecognisable. That is a lie. The planet could warm by four degrees, and it might very well do, because there is a thing in the sky called the sun that regulates temperature, along with the oceans, by the way, on planet Earth. What a liar. Let's, let's have enough of this news roundup. Let's have enough of Jimmy Cranky. Let me give you the jingle again. Uh, as I said, the details are on richieallen.co.uk. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And if you are familiar to me, please don't call in today. You will get other opportunities. I would say to you, if you haven't ever called the programme, do it today. The legend that is Daniel O'Donnell. Love these mammy is celebrating today because his new album went straight into the top five in the UK. He is number four in the UK, is Daniel, with his new album called 60. Who's ahead of him? Well, Adele. Adele. The Beatles. And Coldplay. He's doing doing really well. He's on tour in the UK at the moment. It's a 15-track album. His 60th birthday will be December 12th, hence the the title 60. There's a new single from it. It's called The La Dida. The La Dida, which has got a very tongue-in-cheek video, apparently, which you can see online. Just, just shut up and just accept that I'm going to play it. Here is Daniel with Down as The La Dida. Go on, Daniel. Your call's next, then. Call me, call me, call me. On a patch of down at the La Dida from Daniel O'Donnell, whose album is number four in the UK. Go on, Daniel. It's coming up for 14 minutes to six o'clock. This is the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford. As always, with me, your BBG, John, is first up. How you doing, John? How you doing, Rich? Good to see you, pal. I think we spoke but about a year ago, did we? we no. We did, we did. We did. Lovely to have you back on, pal. How are things? Uh, things are very good. Things are very good, Rich. They still haven't stuck me with a needle, so I'm doing good. <laughs> Hanging in there. What would you like to say, my friend? You get to set the agenda. Uh, well, Rich, I suppose it's it's the 380,000 that they're saying here in Ireland that have, haven't been vaccinated. And I, I genuinely think so far, 19 months, going on nearly two years into this, that they're lying through their teeth about this 380. They are. It has to be a lot more than that. Why do you say that, John? Well... Speaking to a few people, my missus now has had, she's had both jabs, which was fine. Um, Okay, well, she's had both jabs. But the thing is, she's not going to have the boosters. She said she was told, let's get this vaccine. Let's get it out. Let's get going. Once we have the vaccine, that's it. We're done. You know. So she says, like, they're going to turn us people into pincushions. What about turning people against those who haven't had the jab? No. No, but how do you look over at your best friend and say, listen, you, like your best friend all your life and go, listen, uh, by the way, you, we're not, you know, I, I can't, I can't be seen. You can't see that, it. That's going to happen. You think it will happen or not? People like, people aren't fools, you know. They're, they're, there's a certain amount that the government will get away with, like, but they're not total idiots, you know. Yeah. 
I asked you that, John, because in her press conference yesterday, the New Zealand Prime Minister said that life in New Zealand wouldn't return to normal until each of the regions of the country reaches a 90% threshold. Now, that's kind of a direct threat, really. That's kind of saying to those who have been jabbed, well, we need your help to convince everybody else to reach that 90% threshold. That's a dangerous area, that. But you don't see it happening in Ireland. Well, not really, no. Like, you know, a lot of the Irish would be clannish enough, you know. Like, I, I, I can't see it. I, I, like, again, I go back to the 380,000. It, it's just not going to work. They're, they're definitely lying about the, the amount vaccinated. And then you're going to have... You're going to have people who just say, "Listen, I'm not getting the booster. I am not getting that booster. Yeah. It's as simple as that." You know, and, and of course, of course, the gloves are off. Basically, like they're going to get, they're going to get really low fast to get people injected with this vaccine. And I guarantee you, if it was a full uptake across the globe, you know, everyone went for it, and a small minority of people would. It'd be something else then after that. Yeah, you're right. You're 100 percent right. They won't tolerate it. Yeah, yeah, they just keep moving the goalposts. Like that's what they'll do. That's what they'll do. And, and, and people need to wise up to this thing. Like, you know. I must and ask they are. People they are. Wise they are I, I agree with you. I think they are. That's a positive thing. When when the Tornishta, Leo Faradkar, said last week, I was gobsmacked. Somebody who listens to the programme back home in, in Ireland sent me a link. He said that in order to ensure that nightclubs and venues comply with the vaccine passports, he's going to organise a private security force to drop in on nightclubs. I couldn't believe, you know, of all the people not to believe it, you would say I'm naive and I shouldn't be naive because of the things I hear. Even me, I was like, at what point will my brothers and sisters back home say, listen, fuck off now. We've had enough of it now. Yeah, like I, I, I'm uh, where I live at the moment. Now I've seen I, I'm not vaccinated, but like I've seen young fellas queuing up at doors with their with their phones out, you know, ready to be ready to be scanned in and all this. And the thing is, like, publicans and and businesses have been closed for like eighteen months. They've been on their knees, and you think they're going to turn away cash? No, for the sake of something on a phone. Or a, a piece of paper to say you can get in here. They king, cash is king. It'll always be that. You know they have to. They're not going to turn away money from the door. They're simply not going to do that. No, you're right. I I read something in the Sunday Times, the Irish Sunday Times, that it's been around before they opened nightclubs again. John, it was six hundred days. Nightclubs had been closed for six hundred days. You hit the nail on the head. If you own one of those businesses, you're basically on the verge. If you haven't already had to go out of business, you're you're on the verge of going out of business. So I accept that. I totally accept it, and I wouldn't I wouldn't um, criticise nightclub owners who've just gone along with it. It's tempting to do it. It's tempting, but when your family and your house and your mortgage and everything is on the line, yeah. I understand that. You know. Yeah, they're not going to do it like the government mm-hmm. are going to do them no favours. They never have and they never will. The government could care less about their business. That has nothing to do with them. The government, the, the government and, and and business owners, they couldn't. They're so far apart now. And the government, our government here at the moment. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen bigger men and wedding cakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All they're out for, all they're out for is themselves. I guarantee you that. They, they could care less about their, their businesses. And the business, a lot of them are smart enough, these business people. They know that you can't trust these people. Not You couldn't trust them. So they just need to push on and get on with it, like, you know. And uh, look, um, I, I, I've seen I've seen some social media um, posts about uh, this, this famous club in Dublin. I've never been, but Copperface 
Copperface Jacks. You tell me. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Dublin, isn't it? And basically, there was a queue there. There was a queue out the door. Like, there was a queue maybe 100 metres down the road. You think every one of them, like, the bouncers on the door is going to go, listen, lads, you have to have your passes and all that crack. They'll run that by the book for the first couple of days. I agree with you. Sorry, John, to interrupt you. I agree with you. And this is why Varadkar has talked about sending a private security force around the country's nightclubs in order and to... I, he might be talking I, through I, his arse now. He might be... No, no pun intended. He might be... Um, he might be... That might be an empty threat to, you know, to kind of put pressure on the clubs to comply, but I don't know. No, no, no. You see, the thing is, I, like, like I said, they're going to run that by the book for the first couple of days. And as soon as the media finds something else to look at and to distract them from this, it'll be... Uh, open the doors there, lads. Let those people in. Let them drink. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's... I, I find this... John, before like, before I move on, right, because I'm getting hammered with calls, before I do that, l- let me ask you yeah. this. My my great pal Hayden here in, in Manchester, he said from the outset that ultimately the private sector would kind of be coerced through pushing them towards going out of business, that they would be coerced into basically running this tyranny for the government. You've kind of alluded to that. By putting pressure on the private sector, by denying them the right to earn a living, the private sector then, delighted to be able to open up somehow, then takes on the mantle of running this COVID passport scheme for the government. That's what we're seeing, isn't it? Yeah, but the private sector have to make money first. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're like... The, the thing is, when you start taking money out of people's pockets, that's when they start showing their teeth. Is that you your know? hope then? Is that your hope that the the the, the 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 hospitality business in Ireland or the industry um, gets back up on its feet? And do you think at that stage it might be, it might be in a position, or yeah. it might start to say no? Yeah, I, I, more than likely that way. Yeah, but like people, the, the only thing I can take from this 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 um, pandemic, as we we'll call it, is that like. Whatever, whatever has, whatever organized organize this would say, it was a room full of people. I definitely think it was a room full of people. It has to be the fact that every country comes up and they're basically reading from the same script. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. just a bit. It's all a bit. It's, not, it's it's all a bit too engineered as such. Do you know? Yeah. And we keep seeing, we keep seeing, like you know, and and I, I see in Italy in places like that on social media, like the, the, the people aren't fools. I don't know. Are we just are we, are we wired to spot people talking bullshit like, you know? Are we, as opposed to the people who go along with it? I've been asking myself that question for the last 18 months. Uh, why, why 20 years ago did I suddenly understand that something was very wrong? I know I am not especially more intelligent than anybody else. I don't think it comes down to intelligence. I don't know why that is. It's a strange it's, one. It's critical thinking, Richie. Like, it's not everything is as black and white as they make it yeah. up to be. It's not. You got to you got to think like you know what's in it for them, you know all, all these politicians they'll all drift after this thing is all found out they're gonna run to the hills they're gonna try and disappear like they will they want out they know because this is this is probably one of the greatest how would I put it I want to course now but you I, can if you want greatest hoax you know that they've ever pushed upon people and there's a few of them I know there is a few of them saying to themselves. Listen, this is going to get really dirty fast. Like if we go after this some vaccinated people and and, and you know. They start getting really pushed to this, pushed and pushed and pushed. Like, you know, what are they going to hold up? What, will they hold up their hand and say, "Listen, okay, we got that wrong." They will not. There's so many of them stuck in it now that say, "Listen, 
know, will, yeah. they'll disappear. They will disappear. They'll, they'll, they'll run for the hills. John, that's a brilliant start, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a few more calls. I always say I'll keep it to two or three minutes, but I don't because I enjoy uh, listening to to, to, to to the listeners. I don't get to do it often enough. Thanks for that, pal. Good to hear from you again. Richie, it's been ages. Richie, all the best and thank you. And listen, lads, anyone out there that's listening to the show, give Richie a hand, please. Just a small donation, uh, and it's like like the price of a cup of coffee, and it's. If it wasn't for this show, I'd be stuck with a needle long ago. Oh, you're a gent for saying it, John. Thanks very much, mate. And regard to your missus too. That was John. Obviously, John is is in Ireland, not not in Dublin, just outside Dublin. Uh, is John? I've given you the contact details uh, straight to the phones. Then caller, who am I speaking to? Good evening. Oh, hi, Richie. It's Caroline. How you doing, Caroline? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. I I think again. I think it's ages and ages, but I think we have spoken before. No, we haven't. Have we not? I'm delighted no. then. Welcome, Caroline. No, welcome, welcome. I'm Caroline Feely. Ah, you're Caroline sure. Feely from, yeah. from the website, Caroline. Yes. Where are where are you, by the way? Um, down on the Sunshine Coast, uh, Eastbourne. Is it nice? Uh, it's not now, no, but it's been a bit sunny and rainy today, but... It's, it's, been, it's been it's been nice here. We've had temperatures in the mid-teens. Hey, it's lovely to, to to hear a voice to go with the name, Caroline. What would you like to yes. say? <laughs> I wanted to talk about the menopause thing. Cause, um, you want to give me some stick for, for taking the mickey out of the menopause? Go ahead. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, basically, yeah, mine started when lockdown started. And I don't take nothing. I won't take nothing. I don't even take a paracetamol. Uh, that's just the way I am. Um, and I've, you know, like you said, you just get on with it. Yeah, just get on with it. Because you can't change it. You can't stop it. Just don't get stressed. Stress makes it worse. Do you want to do me a favour? This is really yeah. embarrassing now. Do you want to explain what the menopause is for every bloke listening who's just heard the menopause? <laughs> what is it, Carly? What happens when, when, when it comes on? Well, you just, you know, you you lose your, um, the the main thing is you lose your oomph to do anything with your, your male partner or whatever partner you've got. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, you get this hot stuff going on, the sweat thing, it's disgusting, um, but you can't control it. Um, and that's about it, really. That's what I've had. I mean, people say you get brain fog and stuff like that, but I haven't had that, so... And the the, and the HRT thing, because they were talking about HRT, so some women, or a lot of women, they do get prescribed HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Yes, I've heard of that, yeah. But like I said, Richie, I won't, you won't have it. paracetamol. Nah, nah. Nah, not me. Fair play to you. <laughs> nah, I'm not very good with the... You know, doctors and things like that. I'd, I'd rather just get on with it. But still, it's the, but still, it sounds like no. Belt, it's, isn't it? really yeah, but it still doesn't sound like a picnic. So, how again? Maybe you don't know this because you're not supposed to know. Maybe, but how long should it last? This, if you don't. Uh, well, I've been told about it could it could last up to five years, but wow. you, you don't know. It just you know it just happens, and I like I say, I, mine came in lockdown, so I'm what eighteen months into it. And all I can say is that all I have now is those flushes things, and I can't control them. And I don't like that, really, but, you know, that's it. That's do you all think, I have now. Do you think lockdown and the stress of it might have had anything to do with the onset of it? Uh, possibly, actually. I, I, I actually thought that when it happened. Yeah, possibly. But then I am of the age, so I don't know. Should we blame everything on lockdown? I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. I can blame a lot of things on that, to be honest with you. It's an amazing coincidence, really, because a friend of mine 
said to me today that his um, partner is in is having having or is in the middle of the menopause as well, and it is a, a difficult thing. I, I obviously me being me, I'm not laugh, I'm not laughing at anybody. I'm laughing yeah. at the way the media covers these things, and and I was genuinely wondering what did people do eons ago when these things happened. I suppose they didn't, they couldn't do anything other than get on with it. But maybe HRT would work for for some women. I don't know. But you would be suspicious of that, though, Caroline. Yeah, HRT. it's artificial, isn't it? It's yeah. the way I see it. It's artificial. And back in the day, women had too much to, to do. They, You know, they wouldn't have had time to, to go through it. They may have been going through it, but they, do you know what I mean? They wouldn't have thought about it. They would have just got on with it. Raising five or six um, children, we're managing now in a, a household. We're society where people are just... Uh, yeah. Just, um, yeah, they need a big wake-up call, I think. <laughs> on, 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 on the big... While, while I have you here, thanks for, for that. Genuinely, thanks for that, because uh, I'm sure, like like myself, there would have been people listening wondering, what exactly is the menopause? What does it do? Um, you yeah. said, basically, pep. You lose your pep, basically, um, yes, which, exactly, can't, which yeah. can't be fun. Just, just reflecting back on what John spoke about a moment ago, um, pushing the jabs hard and all of that. How are you with that, Caroline? Where... Where um, I mean, were you particularly pressured to get the jabs? What about the people around you? Are, are you watching that closely? How concerned are you by the way things are going at the moment? Uh, I think it's disgusting, uh, the coercion and stuff like that. Um, uh, my family, I have five children. Um, one of them's had them. Uh, the other four won't. Um, and I, I haven't either, and I won't. Uh, because we, you know... <laughs> We we look at all sides basically. We don't just follow one narrative. We look at everything. When did that begin for you? When did when when did that begin for you? Was there a catalyst? Did something happen? Was it September eleventh? Was it was it something else? Um, I I mean I've never really been a news watcher, Richie. I don't watch telly, and nor do my kids because we don't we didn't we don't do it. We just didn't do it. Um, So we never really got to see all the you know, all the propaganda. Yeah. And I think when I do see stuff, I mean, most, like that 9-11 that you just said, when I did see about that, I just, straight away, I just thought, you know, sorry, I'm going to swear, bollocks. Right. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it was what they said it was. Well, you were you were brighter than me because I believed it. I believed it there and then. Um, but that's really interesting. I, I asked you that because you said, you know, that you've never been one to, you know, to go along with... You know that you've been able to see through things, and so obviously, mm. obviously, last March you saw through this very quickly. This COVID nonsense. Yeah, at first, obviously, the first couple of weeks weren't sure, and then I, I it, you know, I just thought, okay, so if it's a pandemic, where's all the bodies in the street? Why, yeah. you know, why are we not seeing that, and why have they not shut the country completely down? Because they didn't. That's right. There's they, still planes in and out. You yeah. know, there was nothing. There was. It wasn't. That's not a pandemic. A pandemic is everything shut, regardless, in my mind. Yeah, if That's they the really believed that there was a deadly pathogen, yeah. if they really believed it, I think you were right, they would have closed the airports and they would have closed the ports. Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing. nothing. It, it, they just stopped people earning a living. Caroline, and, you know, there's, sorry, to, sorry, before I take another call... Is the yes. glass half full or half empty for you? We're, we're going into this winter and, and they're making the noises already about lockdowns and it's all looking very grim and some people listening to this programme tonight are depressed. I know they are because they're sending me messages telling me that they're depressed about the winter. I, I'm, not, I'm not asking are you depressed, but half full or half empty? Are we ever going to get out of this, do you think? Uh, 
half four I am, um, we'll only get out of it if, if more people say no. That's the way I look at it. They've got to say no. If that, you know, if, if, if people keep complying to what they're doing, they're never going to stop doing it, are they? No. Basically. And do you think it's They've likely? Got to stop, I mean, stop paying, you know, stop paying. Maybe everyone should just go on strike, the whole bloody country. I mean, I'm sorry for swearing, but... No, no, you're right. Well, that's know. mild, by the way. That's what mild. I think. I think it's got to be a big impact. Yeah. And now maybe they will wake up. I would like... What I would like to do, Richie, is sack the government, if I could. Oh, so I had that a way of doing it to be sacked the government because they they don't deserve to be in government it's a dreadful rabble isn't it that rabble it, it is it's, sorry rubbish. it's disgusting god yeah. I'm rambling now sorry no you're anyway. not rambling no no it's a brilliant call <laughs> thanks for chatting about the menopause and uh, candidly no, and uh, for giving us your your thoughts on the COVID uh, genuinely nice to meet you Caroline thanks for uh, taking part and getting involved on the website and, and sharing comments and thoughts and stuff I really do appreciate that yeah, and thanks, Richie, for mentioning us over there and um, uh, what you're doing, because it's great. I, like I say, I don't watch the news. You are my only news source. Sometimes it does make me a bit angry when I have to listen to you doing the O'Brien ones, because him, he O'Brien, needs a good, yeah. good time out, that man. He really does need a good time out. I might take um, a time out but, from him. I, I, might, I might not but, use him anymore for a while, give him a break for a while, maybe. <laughs> I don't think it'll do anybody funny, any harm. Though, the, way, the way you do it is funny. It makes me laugh, so that's good. Laughing's good. Laughing best, is good. Best, best medicine. Caroline, thanks. Yeah. Genuinely lovely Thank to you, meet Vicky. you. All the best for now. That lovely Caroline there. Caroline is a regular uh, contributor to the website. Uh, and it's uh, nice to meet her. Keep the... Shall I give you the jingle again for the crack? Shall I? The jingle? Ah, uh, I, I spent money on the jingle, so I might as well use it. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Spared no expense. Love that line from... Dickie Attenborough in Jurassic Park. Spared no expense. None whatsoever. No expense I spared. None. I think it's a mobile phone we're going to now call her. Welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? My God, Richie. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm really well, my friend. Who am I talking to? Yeah, my name's Carl. Carl, lovely to chat with you, pal. Thanks for calling in. What would you like to say? Well, Richie, I'm uh, I'm begging calling in because I I never thought I'd be calling in the show because I've never really had Anything to talk about, but I, I can talk about this thing. It's um, if it's, it's about the football, through. if it's about the football now, Carl, you're you're straight off the air. Or I don't don't no. even start now with the foos, because no. <laughs> I can I'm, tell I'm, I'm, by I'm, your lilting, gorgeous regional accent that you are a scouser. So don't even I'm think. Yeah. Are you blue or red? Be honest. I don't. I don't do football, Richie. Good, I used to dance God. when I was a kid, so I was I was more into running around in tights than I was in the shorts. Well, <laughs> so you did ballet, did you, as a kid? I, I was a ballet dancer, yeah. Fantastic. How, how far did, did did you get with that? Well, I was in that show that you hate. I was in Cats. Were you in Cats? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, in it doesn't Cats. matter if I yeah. don't like musicals. Well done. So West End, Carl. All of that sort of stuff. All that sort of stuff. West End, yeah. I did a few films. I did all that sort of stuff, yeah. And yeah, I teach dance a little bit. Well, I, te- I used to teach dance, but... When the scandemic happened, your sort of business sort of closed. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm look, I'm sorry to hear that, Paul. So, so the, the the teaching and all of that, that all went by the wayside because of the lockdowns, right? Basically, yeah. I mean, I, I did a few things online. I did a few things for children's centres because I work with little kids, and I did a few things for, for that. And like, I had to sort of video stuff and send it in. 
but it was like soul destroying. I did it for about a year, and it sort of broke my heart. But the the um the children's centre has got me back in again, so I'm doing a little bit of work with the kids, which I'm really enjoying. But it's, it, it it won't ever go back to what it ever was. And the thing is, I don't really want to put all that effort into trying to build it up again to see it all closed because you know that's my income. So I'm, I'm decorating at the minute. I'm on the bush. You're doing a bit of decorating. You're 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 a proper artist, then ballet dancer, <laughs> yeah. and you can and you can paint. Now you, you you don't want to get too wrapped up in the teaching of the children. You said even though it's a beautiful thing to do, because you're worried about it closing down again. I would have asked you, would you at some stage be, you know, compelled to have a job to work with the children? Presumably, you would be, Carl. No, no, never, Richie, never. No, no, no. That that that's that's not for me. I wouldn't do that. I'm, I'm prepared to let it go. I'm prepared to let it go. It's it, it's gone. You know, and I'll never be back to what it was. But I'm I'm totally. Um, I phrased that. I, I phrased that really badly. Sorry, it's my my. I yeah, phrased but, that. I, I I didn't assume you would have the job. No, I, I was I was saying that maybe they might try to compel you to have it to work with the kids. But listen, you, you called up about something else, my friend. Go ahead. Yes, so basically, I'm calling about growing food. I've been growing food for the last... I moved to the countryside. I live in I live in the countryside at the minute. And I moved there about five years ago. And in those five years, I've been growing all my own food. And this is the reason I never thought I'd be phoning you up, because there's nothing really I could add to the conversation. But now, the way the world's in, I think people really need to know how to grow food. And actually, it's not that difficult to grow food. You know, I, I'm a scally from Liverpool, and I, you know, grow all my own fruit and veg. I've been doing it for about five years and I just want to let people know if, you know, you let me sort of talk about it, the principles behind it and how simple it is. Tell us how simple it is now. Don't you need a oh, little okay. bit of land to, to grow fruit and veg, don't you, surely? Yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've got about an acre, but you can do it in your backyard. You can do it, you could do it in your garden. You could do it, you can do it in pots. You can do it small scale. You can do it, uh, you know, however big your garden is even if you've got a backyard you, you can grow food and, and the, the idea behind it is I follow a thing called permaculture and no dig gardening and forest gardening and so the idea is like say for instance you've got, you've got your lawn in your garden basically nature all nature ever wants to do is make a forest that's what nature wants to do so you just go with nature and provide all the right um, um, all the right uh, environment for that to grow. So if you've got a bare bit of lawn, all you've got to do is put some cardboard on top, lay some cardboard, and they get some compost and lay compost on top of the car on top of the uh, cardboard, maybe about six inches. And what that does straight away, the ground thinks that a forest has arrived, so all the worms start doing their thing. The grass dies back, and as the grass dies back, it creates spaces. And all you have to do is plant. Say you've got a tomato plant, is plant it in the eight inches of compost. And then as the, as the ground breaks down, the, 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 the tomato plants find the roots in the ground where the grass used to be and start to, and start to grow. So we don't till the ground, you know, in the regular gardens that you have to dig the earth and dig it up. And basically, you know, the grass is a wound, you know, it's like a wound, it's an open wound. So you have to cover that wound. And once the wound is covered, the ground starts healing and then you can start growing food. There's, like, there's lots of people... You can follow on uh, YouTube. There's a guy called Charles Downing, who's a no-dig gardener. Really interesting, um, this, Carl. I remember a few years back in New York, zoning laws were passed to to deny people the right to grow yeah. vegetables in their own gardens. And this was... I remember I got a, I remember I got a, a tap on the shoulder one morning from David, David Icke in London, 
And he said, look at this, Richie, they're, they're actually trying to ban people from using their yeah. own soil to grow fruit yeah. and veg. This is interesting stuff, Carlis. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's really simple, and I want to encourage people, look into permaculture. Permaculture. Into what was, you said no-dig gardening. What's that, no-dig yeah. gardening? So, so we don't dig the soil. So what you've got to think of is think of a forest, okay, and, and, and you know, a forest basically, you know, the forest doesn't go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to dig up some soil. And I'm going to um, plant in this thing. So a forest basically, so all the leaves fall and it decompose and it creates um, humus on, on the, uh, the the ground. And so um, I'm trying to think the best way to, to describe it. So the minute you start digging into the ground, you, there's all sorts of microorganisms. There's all sorts of life in that ground. And the minute you dig it, you kill it. And we don't want to kill it. We want to keep it. And so by laying compost on, on top of the soil, organic matter, it starts to do its thing like a forest. It starts to, you know, it, it, it starts you. to create life, basically. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want to sustain life in the soil. We don't want to kill the soil. We want, we want to bring more life to it. And you have and an acre, Carl. You have an acre. How much can you grow? Or, or how much do you manage to grow? And what do you grow on okay, your acre? So I, I've, I, I've, I've got an acre. So I say about... A quarter of that acre I've dedicated to to food, and I became I became obsessed with it, Richie. I sort of started off, and I realised, oh my, I really love this, and it's quite easy to do. And then I just I literally just took over a quarter of an acre, and I grow everything. I grow tomatoes, uh, beetroot, cucumber, you name it, all all your staples. I grow, and the thing is, I don't grow like um so i don't do rolls in, in, like in a garden like you know your, your garden bed and you have loads of carrots loads of onions it's called companion planting so like companion people, planting. people like to hang around with certain people and people like to hang around with other people and plants like the same thing so there's an example it's a native american um thing called uh the three sisters so this is basically um a permaculture so what you have, you have squash, beans, and you have um, squash, beans, and you also have a sweet corn. And every one of them has a function. So the squash covers the ground and so provides shade so no, um, no weeds can go through. The corn grows up tall, and then this, the um, beans they grow up the corn. And, but also the beans provide nitrogen to fix into the soil. And so everything has a function. So it means I don't have to put poles in the ground. I don't have to provide nutrients because the beans are like weans and they, they secrete nitrogen, draw nitrogen from the air and secrete it into the soil. So basically nature is doing the work for me. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I get it. Absolutely. And you, and you really yeah. believe that anybody with, with a bit of a garden can, can do yeah. this, get the compost and... And just start. Yeah. Here's a couple of comments. Rob is listening to this with great interest. He says, Richie, um, he says, uh, no, let me move on down. Where, where, where is it? Yes, Lee says, Lee says, who did Carl refer to regarding permaculture? Lee is scribbling down notes really quickly. Did okay. he say John Down or was it some, some other name you gave? There's, there's a guy called Charles Downing. Charles Downing. Who Downing. Charles Downing. Downing. Okay. Yeah, he's a no dig gardener on YouTube. Also, there's a guy called Jeff Lawton who um, who does permaculture in Australia. But then there's a guy called Patrick, someone in this country, because permaculture started in Australia. And so it's all like um, tropical uh, climates. But there's uh, northern permaculturists. And I can't remember this guy's name. I've just got his book. And so what I'm doing now, Richie, I'm creating a food forest. 
So the idea of a food forest is you plant it once and you have the seven layers of the food forest. You have your fruit trees, you have your bushes, your currant bushes, your raspberry bushes, and then you have your ground cover, which is like um, um, strawberries, and then you have your root vegetables, which is artichoke, root artichokes, and you design it like a forest and you have like perennial kales. So all vegetables have a perennial. So like kales, people say, oh, plant a kale annual, but you can get perennial kales. And once you've planted them in the ground, they're there forever. Perennial onions, walking Egyptian onions. There's so much food out there. And basically nature just wants to do it for you. Forget, it's like everything in life. They try and make it really complicated. Yeah. But a seed just falls on the ground and a seed grows. A forest just grows. Vegetables just grow. You know, basically, I put in about three or four hours. I do a potter about in the morning before work. I'll do like maybe an hour or two in the morning before work. In in the summer, not so much in the winter. And then when I come home from work, as the sun's sort of setting, I'll just have a little potter around in the garden, get things done, what needs to be done. And but you love it, Karen. Because... You love it. You really love yes, it by the sounds of it. I love it, but, but I'm not sweating. I'm not killing myself because nature doesn't sweat nature doesn't kill itself do you know what I mean nature just does it and nature if you can does it this observe is and work with nature you can you can do it if you observe and work with nature this is beautiful tell yeah. me this how how does it reduce your food purchases your food buying in what what you're doing yeah. on the acre oh, okay so i still um I, I still get food in like rice and i still get in lentils and um you know bread and all that sort of stuff but basically if everything was to shut down now i'd get through winter and i'd get through till, till about march up to like till the growing season starts again i've got i've got about 40 squashes i've got like hundreds of potatoes i've got loads of um hundreds of potatoes. Got all my winter kales you know in the, in the polytunnel can you I'm, help I'm, me out I'm, can you help me out an acre yeah. Um, my knowledge of measurements is is dreadful. My mathematical uh, capabilities are, are dreadful. So how would an acre look like in terms of a football, a soccer pitch? What's an acre? I, I, think, I, I think it's about um, a soccer pitch. I'm, I'm a bit like you, Richie. I'm a dancer. All I do is count away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah same. You're an artist. You're an artist. Forget the mathematics. Yeah. But, but you'll have an idea, yeah, won't you? Has, so is it about a soccer pitch? pitch. A little I, bit I less. You know the football pitches where they play um, Sunday league football yeah. in the park. I think it's about that sort of size. Loads of loads of room there. So I'm thinking yeah. now, even if you had a, a garden, even if you had a semi decent, even if you had a, a, a standard council garden, yes, still enough yes. there, still enough there for you to do something. Yeah, honestly, there's so much you can. I mean, I'm I'm taking it to the extreme because once I get going, I'm like that. I'm like, okay, I want to see how far I can take it. You know, but yeah, you, you can do it on a small scale. You can grow lots and lots of food, and even on a balcony, even in pots. There's, there's so the much pots. food. You, you know, mentioned the pots. You can do it. Are you healthy? Yeah. Are you healthy? Yes, I'm really healthy. Yeah, of course you are. Of course you are. Why wouldn't yeah. you? Be? I mean, there's nothing on those vegetables. Nothing but nature, but goodness. There's nothing else on them. That's the yeah, same. and then also, also like you know, when people start saying that there's a lack, there's no such thing in in, in nature. No such thing as lack. Like I'm, my, my next phase I've gone through is I'm saving all my own seeds because you know, that's the next phase. So one tomato can produce up to like 50 seeds. So there's never any lack. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. one squash plant, the, the seeds you get in the squash plant, it's like it's hundreds. You know, there's no such thing as, 
as as, as lack. I, I don't understand it because it, it's just there's so much abundance. And the thing is, if everyone, like, let's say you had a row of terrace houses and everyone knocked through their back garden fences and said, okay, I'm going to do it with the fences and we're all going to grow our own food. Now, everyone did that in their street. There'd be so much food for everyone. But the thing is, we all want to keep our little garden, don't we? Oh, this is my garden. But open them up, start growing food. And this is what I want to encourage everyone to do is just do it. When's the best time to start a garden? Now. When's the best time to plant a fruit tree? Now. When's the best time to do it is is now do you know what i mean i i just really want to encourage people because you can yeah supply yourself with food and it's joyful it's you know we, we talk about on your show all the time being out in nature yeah that's the most important thing you have your hands and, and in the dirt to... your hands are in yeah. the dirt and yeah do you know the, the worst pun ever food for thought is the worst pun ever but this is this is good i've made it i've made a note of charles downing and you reckon should get in touch with, with Charles and, and ask Charles to come on and talk about this in a bit more yes, detail. Please do, yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I will. I'll make he's, it. I'll make, I'll make he's a business. lovely man. He's like, your, um, he's like your granddad. I mean, I, I, I just watch him sometimes on YouTube because you just want to hear him talk. Just to relax. Know, he's a lovely man. Yeah, a bit of ASMR but with, with Charles, yeah. yeah. Well, look, um, Carl, thanks for calling in with that. That's that's oh, lovely. Look, thanks. if you go on the website, you'll see there's been quite a lot of comments about this all already. It's a funny thing because my better half has talked about in the time we've been here, but we've had so much to do with the place because it was so run down yeah. in, in parts. But she's talked about wanting to do that, wanting to grow uh, vegetables and fruits. And it, it's definitely something I think we should explore more on the programme. So, uh just thanks for yeah, calling really. in. What an extraordinary bloke, ballet dancer, teacher, and now yeah. permaculturist. That's what you are. I've, I've got one more thing to say to people, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so so I'm growing a food forest. Now, if you think of the word forest, and you break it down, it's forest, yeah? So when you go into nature, you go to a forest, you go in there, forest. And there's another thing, like with soil, you change one word in soil, you change the eye, you've got soul. And then in the earth, if you take the T and put it, I mean, take the H and put it at the front of it, you've got heart. So it's for rest with your yeah. heart and your soul. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like speaking with Jordan Maxwell now. Uh, you saying oh, that. No. Uh, you know, because because it's, it's, it's like something Jordan uh, would say. It does make uh, sense to me, Carl. Definitely yeah. we'll get in touch with Charles Downing, the... Uh, yeah. the, the YouTuber and we'll invite him on promise mate and just thanks for calling in great oh. to chat with you oh yeah I've just, just, I just I just thank you so much Richie you, you're just a top bloke and I can't believe I got through and I'm buzzing you know what I mean I'd love to meet you one day and we just have a bit of a chat and a bit of a banter I think you you know be a, a great laugh and, and, and just all your listeners just to know there's people out there in, you know and we're all going through what we're going through and I just know there's other people out there in the world going through what we're going through but they are on the same wavelength yeah. I've got no friends who I talk to about this but knowing that all your listeners are there it gives me a lot of strength do you know what I mean? it really builds me up and, and Mark Bayerski you know he's such a dude without him I, I'd be lost you know I, I, and I just thank you because without you and I'd never have all that contact with all those people even though I've never met them I just know that they're going through the same thing but thank you very much You're very welcome Carl thanks for that that was Carl it's it, it's the same for me really It's uh, I get the same out of it thanks Carl what a call that was Carl a scouser 
who's got an acre of land. He's a permaculturist. He talked to us there about something I'd never heard before. No uh, no dig gardening, laying a layer of compost on your garden and growing that way. Brilliant stuff. Really interesting. And I have made a note of the gentleman he mentioned. He did mention a gentleman called Charles Downing. Definitely get in touch with uh, Charles. It's uh, your call on Monday's Richie Allen Show. So it is. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Welcome back to the programme. It's your BBG with you as usual until 7 o'clock. It's 24 minutes past the hour. Some fantastic calls uh, so far on the programme. We're back to Skype, I think, this time. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hi, Richie. This is Kara from Arkansas. Hello, Kara in Arkansas. It sounds like you're in the next room. What? Oh, the wonders um, of technology. It's, it's What a wonderful sound. How are you today, by the way? I'm okay. <laughs> Every day I feel like I've been put through the ringer recently. What's been happening? Um, well, this actually makes me think of your first caller saying he can't imagine a world where friends turn against friends, but... It's it's happened over here, and even worse, it's happened with my own family. With your family, you're you're referring to John, who called in from Ireland at the top of the program. So you're having you're having family trouble because of everything that's been going on. Tell us more. Yes, about uh, two weeks ago, well, my brother and sister-in-law are expecting a another baby in a few weeks, and a few weeks ago, I got uninvited from the baby shower, and then. The next day, my sister called me and she said she was flying down for the baby shower, but she wasn't comfortable seeing me. And then the next day, my parents called and said the same thing. So they've, they've all been in town for about four or five days and uh, no one's reached out except uh, my mom said she would do an outside walk with me. And uh, I'm just really struggling and and I, I keep thinking about what Mark said when you had him on last week about, you know, does, does it do any good to get mad and explode at people? But at the same time, I'm I'm a little bit like you, Richie, where it's just really hard to to keep it together and, well, and let them get you? away with this. Who could blame you for being defensive? I would be defensive in your situation because you have a right to be defensive. So... This wonderful event is happening, which fills you with love and joy because it's it's your family, it's your niece, and you you were disinvited from it, and it's because you've not had a job. I mean, it's it's a terrible thing to hear this, and is there no reasoning with anybody, you know, to say, look, I respect that you've had the job, let me show you that, you know, I'm not really in, I'm I'm not of any threat to you or anybody else. Is there any reasoning with them, Cara? There is no reasoning, and we've gone in circles quite a few times, you know, where, I, where I'll say, y- you've had the jab, you're protected, and then they say, well, not against you, you can carry more virus, you can carry, it. Y- you know the reasoning, yeah. and uh, it's just so crazy because my parents and my family have never been unreasonable, and it's like I don't even recognize them anymore. What's happened to them, do you think? Is it the the news media? Is it something else? I think part of it is the media, but I think part of it is they are in such a state of fear 
that they are willing to do anything. You know, if, if the jab is even 1% effective, they're willing to take that risk of an experimental injection to minimize that risk. And I think part of it is also a little bit of theater, excluding me from the family gathering because they don't agree with the decision that I'm making. I was going to ask, is there a little bit more to it? I mean, you sound like somebody who, how do I say this? I hate the term, I hate truther. I hate that term. To me, you're somebody who is aware of things that are going on and maybe they're not aware. And that sounds like it's in play here, Cara. Like that you would have been aware of other agendas and maybe they think uh, this is kooky Cara now, the conspiracy theorist. Is there a bit of that? There is a little bit of that. I have shared my dad was a physician for 30 years and I sent him some scientific articles, research talking about how the jab is risky, um, talking about very real adverse events that are happening. And he just turned into someone I didn't even recognize. He started um, being very condescending. He started attacking people based on their resume and he really didn't even touch the data. He didn't touch the science part of it. This is a huge problem for everybody. It's amazing to me, Cara. This week alone in the United Kingdom, we've had some of the government's faces, you know, the ones you see all the time. You've, you've got Fauci, obviously, in the US. Here we've got a variety of five or six or seven of them. You've got them coming out now saying that, look, this jab doesn't do very much to stop you getting COVID. I mean, that's a direct quote from a guy from the, the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation. So it's in their own words. But yet I know that I, there's nothing I can do to persuade a good friend of mine to listen to that. What do I do? What do you do? It's in their own vocabulary that this is a scam. And yet your family, and in your case, your dad, look at you as if you've lost all of your marbles and you need to be, you know, signed into a mental institution. So how do you persuade them without screaming at them that um, all the info out there says we shouldn't have the job? Oh, I don't know what to say to you. I wish I had the answer to this. I hear so much of this. It's depressing, really. You're not depressing, by the way. No, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> but it's depressing to hear this because what can you do with people like that? And by, I don't mean to be disrespectful, disrespectful to your father. I don't mean people like that, as if there's something wrong with him. But these are the people we love and these are our friends and neighbours. And yet nothing will persuade them to look somewhere else you know, at, at not even at, we're not, you're not saying listen to, I don't know, you're not saying listen to, to, uh, to, to Joe Rogan, you're not saying listen to David Icke, you're saying look at what the government is saying. These are not safe jabs and yet, you know, your father would prefer that you didn't go to the baby shower. Crazy. He's not crazy, but this, it's a crazy situation. Yes, exactly. And I don't think there is much we can do. Um, I went for a walk outside with my mom and I think they're coming over for an outside dinner tonight. So that, that is progress. But I've sort of taken the approach now of it's beyond the virus. If I had leprosy, if I had tuberculosis or if they had it, I would be there giving them a hug. This is, this is more than a jab. This is about family and what's happening I believe is wrong. So I, I've shifted a little bit because you can you can lob 
stories back and forth over the fence all day long and never come to a conclusion and continuing butting heads. So I've, I've tried to make this more about family and, and really just wanted to share with other people and other listeners, if they're going through the same thing, they are not alone. Cara, they're not. I don't need to tell you this because you, you genuinely sound lovely. So I don't need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I'm a, I've got a big nose. I like butting in. If I'm you this evening, just, I don't need to tell you this, smother them with love, even if they're not hugging you and smile through any comments, any, you know, extemporaneous comments that might be made in your direction. Just smile through and just tell them regularly that you're glad they're there and that you love them. But I don't need to tell you that anyway, because you sound lovely. That's all you can do, isn't it? It is. And right now that sounds really, really hard to do. Yeah. But I will do the best that I can. No doubt. Have a good night. God, God love you for going through it. But you've got to go through it. And I know it'll stir things in the listeners because everyone is going through it. I get a lot of contacts through the website from people going through this, Cara. Um, nice to meet you. Sorry you're going through that. I really am sorry, by the way. But I, I hope it'll work itself out and I hope they'll see their senses. Thank you, Richie. And thank you for all that you do. Uh, you're Bring welcome. a lot of joy and light in this crazy time. Thanks, Cara. God bless. Lovely, uh, Cara there, lovely call, difficult situation. You can tell me, I know you'll tell me, you've gone through it as well. Uh, I think it's come up on several phone-ins. These are the challenges, people you love, the people that matter most to you, not people living across the street, not people who you work with because you can live without them, but the people you love who tell you you're mad, you're crazy, have the jab, you're not coming over, you're not going to the wedding, you're not doing anything. Uh, we think you're gone crazy. Why are you reading those websites? But these are the people you love. You've got to find a way or or maybe you don't or maybe you say, look, okay, you live your life and I live mine. But that's very difficult to do that. It's 26 minutes to the top of the hour. Back to the phones. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Oh, hello. It's, uh, it's, hello, it's Wayne. Wayne, how you doing, Wayne? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from London. L- lovely to hear you, Wayne. Um, Thanks I'd... for calling in. Hi. Uh, yeah, we we spoke back in um, we spoke back in May. I don't know if you remember. We spoke about uh, subliminal programming on the soaps, and, we... uh, and you, you asked me about Scientology as well. That's right. We did speak about the soaps back in, in May. Yeah. W- welcome back, Wayne. Well, we're we're in October now. Little has changed. What would you like to say, my friend? Welcome back. Yeah, I'd originally, you know, wanted to speak about something else. I was going to speak about secret societies and what have you, but there's so much been happening um, I, I, uh, as regards the, as regards what's been happening on television. I've been keeping a close eye on it, but um, uh, yeah, I've noticed a, a big change from uh, from talking about, um, you know, from the propaganda as regards COVID over to over to climate change. I don't know if I don't know if um, you know, I don't know if a lot of other people have uh, have noticed that. I know. I know you said yourself in the past, haven't you, about um, about how there's a big push for you know with all the climate change, um, all the climate change message they're trying to get out there. Yeah, through COVID, you're right, Wayne. I mean, one of the things that was yeah. noticeable last year was they there there was. I remember several news reports speaking to where, where the reporters were speaking to environmentalists who said, "Isn't it wonderful?" The planet is healing because everybody is working from yeah. home and all of that. And we thought, I, I, I think you thought, I'm sure you thought at the time, yeah. well, aye, aye, here we go. And uh, climate lockdowns, yes, I, I think no doubt climate lockdowns are in the 
or in the future? Yeah. I mean, some of the, um, the subliminal programming I was talking about, you know, I was talking about subliminal messages. Yeah. Um, I've noticed round about June, July, um, most of that seems to, seems to have stopped um, round about the time that this so-called Freedom Day was meant to have been brought in. Um, I've noticed on the soaps as well, and they, you know, they, 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 they stopped wearing masks and they got rid of all the posters. Maybe they actually thought that was going to happen in real life, you know, which, of course, it didn't. It's still all going on, isn't it? But, yeah, um, it but I did notice round about June or July, um, very much a shift over to, uh, to, 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 you know, to pushing this climate change message. Um, on the um, on Coronation Street recently, somebody mentioned this on the um, somebody mentioned this on the website, and I've just checked out the omnibus. You know how it's filmed around Manchester. There's been a big storyline where there's been a big disaster in Manchester due to it, um, you know, throwing it down with rain, you know, and and um, and all of Manchester on Coronation Street now, it's all meant to have been flooded. Go on, really? Yeah, yeah. And um, and towards the end of the programme, one of the characters, Roy, I don't know if you've ever seen Roy. He's yeah, I know Roy, yeah. He was in the cafe. Yeah, uh, Roy comes out with, um, I wrote it down, but it was so outrageous. He said, um, he said, no doubt this is down to the relentless onslaught of climate change. No way. By the way, yeah. when, when I say I, I, I know Roy, uh, of course I don't know the actor. I know the character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know the character, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The relentless I, I, onslaught of climate change. Yeah, and I, laugh, I laughed when I heard it because I remember you saying about um, the, 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 the guy that said uh, he's bucketing it down. And, 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 <laughs> right. and, and, and you mentioned on air about how it's always raining in Manchester. Always. So it, and it made me think about that, you know, it made me laugh. Yeah, imagine claiming that any flooding in Manchester was due to climate change. It rains more in this. We get more yeah. rain than all the rainforests in the world combined. We don't really, yeah. but that's, uh, it does rain a lot. Now, I, here's the question. We, I think we did get into this in May. Do we suspect then that some governmental department is providing certain storylines at certain times to the uh, soaps? You touched on this in May. Do we think that's going yeah. on? I, I, I believe I believe there must be. I, 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 um, I mean, what I was saying about the you know how they were using subliminal messaging, which, which they certainly which they certainly were up until June um, up until up until the end of June. Yeah. Then I noticed that 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 had pretty much stopped. But the only the only way they could be using subli- the, the um, subliminal messaging messaging using things like NLP. They couldn't be doing that without knowledge of the subject, so they must have somebody working on the on the sets with them. Um, but uh, the only thing on a subliminal level which they're still which they're still doing is um, um, I mentioned to you something about you know these little links that they have between between programs on the adverts, like yes. a little program link, like a little advert, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, it's like this snow globe. You know, which they have um, on the um, sometimes on on the repeats of Coronation Street, particularly uh, the classic episodes. And inside the snow globe, there's all different things going on. And there's still the woman there who's looking through a microscope, and it looks like there's a there's virus. You've got to be pulling the. Are you pulling my leg now, or is that genuine? No, no, that's that, that that's. That's still on there. It's not on there every um, every ad break. It's on there every couple of ad breaks. But but if you look carefully, there's definitely a woman there. Um, there's all these little scenes going on inside the snow, on inside this glo- inside this. Um, it's, it's similar to a snow globe, but it's a yeah. Don't doubt you. I'm, shape, you. I'm going to look out yeah. for this. And the, yeah, um, it's mainly on ITV3. Um, ITV3. If you look at the classic. 
um, in the afternoon they have classic Emmerdale and classic Coronation Street. And it's every couple of ad breaks um, on ITV3 um, with the links between the, 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 the classic episodes. Wayne, uh, I, wonder, Corey I, and Emmerdale. I wonder what the audience demographics are at that time of day. You would imagine, I don't care if I get called misogynistic now, you would imagine yeah. that it is women who, who, who are not working. Um, for whatever reason, because they're stay-at-home mums, homemakers, whatever. But I would imagine it's largely, but then things have changed since since March last year. So many people are working from home now. But um, mm. So who are they trying to target at that time of day? But then if they're doing it right across programming at different times of the evening, it won't matter anyway. I do remember last year, again, you might have brought it up, might have been earlier this yeah. year, there was an episode of EastEnders where the, the the shop the corner shop was was uh, was was in play and one of the shop sorry one of the customers came in and was kind of loudly saying that she wouldn't be having a job and she was made to feel very small and humiliated yeah. by the shopkeeper and by one of yeah. the <laughs> other uh, other customers and to me that was it didn't look natural that like that it was mm. a natural scene written by you know, the, the East Enders writers. And I thought, wow, they're really yeah. pushing this pretty hard now. I mean, on Hollyoaks, you just reminded me of um, on um, Hollyoaks, which I watch as well. Um, Hollyoaks, um, through most of the COVID scam, um, com- you know, completely steered away from COVID, um, apart from when they showed the um, um, scenes in the hospital when they were in mass. But apart from that, they, they seemed to completely steer away from it. But round about, again, round about June, July, when most of this um, um, covert, you know, prop, um, um, you know, propaganda stopped. Around about June, July, Hollyoaks brought in a character who was a conspiracy theorist. Now, that, that, that was literally what the character um, was. And she's been on it the last um, couple of months. And this character is actually going around warning people about um, 5G in particular and about the COVID jabs. And, of course, um, everyone's ridiculing this character and, and, and saying things to her like, um, you know, well, you, 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 you know, you're just a mad conspiracy theorist and these jabs are perfectly safe. And one, somebody even said to the character something about, oh, I can't remember the exact words, Richie, but it was, it was something like, oh, you'd be telling people, you know, next that none of, none of, no disease exists like cancer and this other disease doesn't exist, etc. You'll be telling people the earth is flat. You know, that sort of thing. You know, ridiculing the character. That ad hominem shite, Wayne. Yeah. 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 The, the person, I mean, she was deliberately... Yeah. Uh, sorry to cut you. No, no, but no this char- you, you know, this character was deliberately um, uh, 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 pushing very much um, 5G um, and, and, um, and the COVID jabs. Um, and, it was, and it was shocking, really, because... Um, because the character is also the character has also been warning against um, jabbing children, and I and I notice that whenever the, whenever the character mentions jabbing children, she doesn't actually mention COVID. She's just talking about jabs in general, as if they're trying to come at it a little bit more gently. You know what mm. I mean? So it really is. Um, it's clever. Yeah, does, it's really, does some does some part yeah. it, on some level are you impressed by this? I am. Yeah. Yeah. 
But it, 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 it's, it's, it's quite shocking, though, isn't it? It's um, evil. It's unimaginably evil. It's disgraceful. Yeah. yeah. But they're getting better. I, I, I say that because I've mentioned David. I don't mention David very often, not for any other yeah. reason than I don't mention him. But, um, oh. but, uh, but I, I recommend his books. I recommend people read him and listen to him. Mm. But I mm. mentioned him a couple of times, and I spoke to a friend about him today. He said to me some years ago, and I think he was right. He said this cabal, this energy, this entity. He said is not very creative. They are capable of destruction only. They're not very smart. And and he said it in a much mm. better way than me. And I think he was right. But mm. I think it's changed. They're cleverer now than they were at how they go about doing what it is they're doing and convincing people yeah. to go along with them. I, I think there's been some shift that way. I could be wrong. Of course I could be wrong. But um, think, they're just yeah. getting bright. They're getting smart now. I mean, I think they're very clever. I mean, I, I agree with most of what David says, but I, 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 I never quite understand when he, when he, you know, when he says, "Oh, you know, they're they're stupid. They're not as powerful as they think." Because um, I, I believe, like David, that these these, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the families behind this, you know, the bloodlines behind this, have been pretty much running things throughout the world's history. And whenever David says that, I think to myself, "Well, they can't be that stupid if they've yeah. been manipulating the, the the course of the world's." of the world's history there seems a bit of a contradiction there I would have disagreed. But, do you know um, what I, I, had a, I had a long dinner with him one night where we argued about this proper yeah. a proper mate argument like proper heated but, but friendly and I said to him exactly what you said and, and he, he had a good answer and he said mm. his answer was along the lines of the ridiculously obvious false flag events that are obviously staged you know the crisis actors all of this bland stuff that they'd been serving up for years. That was mm. part of his answer, which was a good answer. And I said, yeah, fair enough, I'll give you that. But um, I, I, I probably still would, would have come down on your side. Certainly now, it's, 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 it's clever what's happening. Mm. And I suppose you have to acknowledge it and accept it in order to be able to deal with it and to counter mm. it, yeah. which is what I suppose we're doing here tonight. But yeah, it's sophisticated, Wayne. I mean, when I saw, um, I, you know, something made me think about, uh, you know, all this stuff, obviously, that's going on in Australia. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy over there in Australia, isn't it? Oh, it's and just, as a ma- and, and just as a matter of interest, I thought I'd check out um, what was going on on the Australian soaps. And I started watching Home and Away. And I thought to myself, I thought, these have got to be old episodes, surely. You know, they, you know maybe they're repeated episodes because everything was going on as normal. So I, had, so I did a little bit of research online, and um, no, they're, they're, they're pretty recent episodes, and it's noticeable that, um, that uh, on the episodes of Home and Away, there's not a single mention of COVID, everyone's got carrying on as normal, and I thought, how can this be? Yeah. And, um, and, the, and the producers said, you know, with, 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 with no intention of, um, you know, carrying anything to do with COVID, we want people to just enjoy... Um, you know, beautiful stories in beautiful locations, and, and 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 we're not going to do that. And you know, and they made that decision. And what they've been doing, from what I read online, is is they've been travelling round Australia to dodge the different lockdowns and restrictions. And they've and they've gone to extreme lengths, having all the cast members, um, you know, living together. And um, and it's amazing to watch because they're all um, you know they're all hugging and kissing each other and and, and going on you know and part. You know, it's like it's uh, you know it's like they're parting like it's 1999. You know, on, on New Year's Eve, they're you know, totally ignoring it. And when you compare it to obviously what's going on on our programs over here, 
this is this is this is incredible very good point this particular soap is watched widely outside of australia uh, mm. far more than than in the country itself they've never been that popular in australia home and away and neighbors always mm. always popular in the uk and ireland particularly wow so they're trying to sell this image that it's hunky dory over there when in fact it's stone cold tyranny now yeah um, well, well, yeah, that's a good point. But I, w- I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, fair play to them that that they're not that they're not pushing the, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, they're, not, yeah. they're not pushing the COVID propaganda. And, yeah. You know, and um, whereas our storylines over here, they, they're mentioning COVID all the time, and and yeah. you know, and, and all walking around wearing the mask, you know, etc. Or, or they were until recently, you know. You know, so I was thinking more along those lines, really. Brilliant call, Wayne. I've um, yeah. I've got probably got time to take one more, so I'll. I'll take one more. Nice to, to speak with you again. Really good food for thought. I know a man, in fact, that's into this and has written books about it. I'll invite him on the programme to talk about it. Uh, brilliant, yeah. Wayne, in London. Cheers, mate. Thanks for calling in again. All right, Richie. Thanks a lot. Thanks no, for taking my call. Any time, mate. Wayne there in London. Very good stuff, that. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Uh, I did... Mark was trying to get through. That's Mark... Uh, who I, I, Did we get Mark on? He was trying to get through and then he couldn't get through. I do keep a kind of a running total of when the calls are coming in so that I don't leave people out, you know. Uh, let's welcome Mark to the programme. How you doing, Mark? Uh, how you doing, Richie? Uh, it's uh, it's actually Stephen. I'm uh, calling on my brother's Skype account. Nice to speak with you, Stephen. Are you in Dublin? No, uh, Mead. Are you in County Mead? Wonderful, mate. Nice to meet you, Stephen. Um, nice the floor, you I think, you think you'll be the last call, mate. So um, it's over to you. What would you like to talk about? Um, unfortunately, it's about the the COVID, Richie. Go ahead, mate. Ah, uh, just uh, just to find it a little bit tough um, with the whole vaccine passports. I'm unvaccinated myself, um, but uh, all my friends have have gone along with it, hook, line, and sinker, and uh, I'm kind of feeling it now more than ever. Tell if I can be as cheeky. How old are you, Stephen? I am twenty nine. Right, so you're nightclub going age. Um, not yeah. that I'm not. I, I like to go out for a drink too, but uh, probably not nightclubs. Right, this is tragic. You don't want to have it. Your mates are having it. And just for listeners who don't know, Ireland is full scale with the vaccine passports now. You must be jabbed to get into a nightclub. You cannot show proof of a negative test. You must be jabbed. Stephen, I don't know what to say to you. This is Yeah, look, it, it's... it's, uh, it's it's tough. Uh, like we were, we were meant to go out this weekend, and uh, they know that I'm not unvaccinated. Uh, they, and they just booked in indoor and never, never asked me, never told me. And it was just last second that I found out, and just, just a few things like that. You know what I mean? And has any of your 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 pals spoken to you about the fact you didn't have the jab? Has anybody said, uh, Stephen, what's the story there? Why have you not had it? Yeah, um, but there's been mostly slight digs. I've been kind of, I've tried to say, I'm, 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 I'm you know, I'm hanging on. I'm, I'm just waiting, uh, you know, after winter, and and but it just got to a point saying, look, I'm not taking it. We don't know the long term event uh, effects of the uh, vaccines. I just don't like the government, how the government has carried on with the total coercion and definitely the vaccine passports, Richie. I just find that quite uh, dangerous you know and 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 you're showing your private medical um information to to 
uh, you're not even showing it to doctors. You're showing it to no offense, waiters and waitresses and yeah. you know barmaids and 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 I I I think that just that just it just seems wrong to me in my opinion. It's dystopian. It's dreadful. It's everything that you would have imagined when our ancestors, the men and women who fought for the freedom of Ireland, what would they have thought if they knew that? things like this could happen. You make some very reasonable, intelligent arguments as to why you shouldn't be compelled to have the jabs. And when you explain that as lucidly as you have done to me, what do your mates say? Is it give over by and just have the jab or or what is it? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I wouldn't mind if they were actually fearful of, 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 of the virus, then, you know, uh, you know, go ahead. Like, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, but it's just, I remember a few weeks ago, we were trying to go to the pub and we had to, you know, ring around to, to book somewhere. And they were like, oh, Stephen's unvaccinated. And they just turned around to me and said, oh, would you not go and get just a Johnson, Johnson and uh, Johnson vaccine? It's only one shot, you know, kind of like it. They're not just taking it because it's a deadly virus. They're taking it because it's it's just a it, you know, it's. I'm just a, it's just a because it gets them of... into the nightclubs. Nikki Campbell yeah. on BBC Radio Five Live, Stephen, on Thursday last. I should have grabbed the audio, but I didn't. But I can say this because I, I don't lie. He was speaking to somebody about jabbing youngsters and jabbing teenagers and stuff. Now, Nikki Campbell's daughters, I understand, are over eighteen, both of them, and he, I won't say he let slip. He didn't let slip, but he said, he acknowledged, the only reason they were jammed was so that they could go on holiday. That was the only reason. You triggered that in my mind because he said it wasn't the case that they were scared of the virus or because they had any, you know, felt they had any responsibility. They got the bloody thing because it was going to give them, you know, a plane ticket to get out of the country. And your mates are doing the same thing. They're not scared of a virus. On some level, they must know this is madness, this jab passport thing. But they want to go out again because nightclubs have been closed for 600 days. Yeah, I I, I just, I don't know. I kind of, I hate saying this and I don't want to be talking behind their back. But I just kind of lost a little bit of respect for them because it comes to the stage where you're just like, come on, just, you know, wake up and smell the roses, you know. These are lifelong friends, are they? Oh, I've been friends with some of these guys since I was age four or five, so it's it's just tough. So they're family, really. Yeah, like yeah. one of them's getting um, uh, married, and uh, uh, sorry, uh, you're okay. You're okay. I might not be able to go to that. So your best pal will get married, and you might be excluded. Yeah. I don't know, like maybe, hopefully things have, you know, will will uh, blow over. I ho- oh, like I hope, uh, you know, I, I hope I'm just, uh, I'm wrong. You know, I, I, w- I hope I'm wrong. You know, I don't mind being wrong. I've been wrong before many times. So, yeah. What you might do later on, I don't think it would be cheeky, is you can download the MP3 of this program from Podomatic and you'll be able to basically edit out this call Oh yeah, thanks. I, and, yeah, I, and, I, I and I would send. Wouldn't get and, upset, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, edit out, edit the the portion where you and I talk, and send yeah. and send it to your friend. Yeah. There's 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 absolutely no shame in being emotional. I've cried more than 
times over the last uh, 18 months, believe you me, uh, Stephen, over things that have happened. Listen, it's breaking my heart hearing you. Lifelong friends and and you might not be able to go to a wedding. We heard Cara earlier, family have basically ostracised her. Not totally, but have, you know, you said you can't come to a baby shower. These are the things that are going on. They are going on. And yeah. uh, now my heart breaks for you. No, I, I would, I would, I would send the program, this bit here, me and you speaking, to your friend, and I would say, listen, this is how things are for me, uh, and see what he yeah. says. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, Richie. Because all you have is love for your friends, and, and they should have love and and loyalty to you. You know, you have every right not to have one of these jobs, every right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Stephen. What are we going to do, man? And I, I don't know if it's any consolation to you at all, but it's not just you that's going through this. It's 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 a lot of people that I know and that I meet through the show. Yeah. And I don't know if that's any consolation. Like no, you, no, I have a few people, you know, mo- mostly family that are like myself, you know, so that I hold on to that. I'm very lucky that I have them, them people, you know, which is great. Keep us posted, won't you? As, I will, Richie. Thanks goes. very much again. Yeah, um, it was great talking to you. No, it was great talking to you, Stephen. Lovely to speak to a Mees man, football county up there. Yeah, 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 yeah that's don't, it. We don't have much of a football... Well, they're not too bad, the, the day shit. They've done better in recent years, but... Uh, listen, mate, keep your chin up, and um, your friends will see sense. They've been your friends since you were four years old. It wouldn't do any harm at all to send them a link to this conversation and say, listen, I, I was speaking to a radio guy. This is how I feel about it. And uh, you never know, mate. Do do get back, Stephen, and let us know how you get on. All right, we'll do, Richie. Thanks very much. Thank you. Lovely call there from Stephen, who's um, going through what everybody else is going through at the moment. Yeah, dreadful stuff. We heard Cara earlier on. Listen, that's uh, it for the programme today. Thanks to everybody who called, and to those of you who didn't get through, try and get through next time. I, I kind of make a note of the numbers and the names that didn't get through and I'll take you on next time. Thanks again, Stephen, at the end there. Back with you tomorrow at 5 o'clock UK time and um, I do have two guests booked in tomorrow. I think I have. I might have. I might not have. I might have one booked in. I might have another one booked in. I'm going to leave you with... I've not even lined up a tune there. I was absolutely... Um, glued to what uh, Stephen was telling me. I tell you what, we'll 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 we'll, we'll close out the program with this because it's handy from Van der Man. That's what we'll do until tomorrow at five from the BBG. Bye for now. Bye now. No more government overreach.